Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello and welcome to the Niler 9 Music Podcast. Yes, it is Niall here and um, this week's episode is episode 140. And what we are doing is having a great chat to a lovely global celebrity teen pop sensation. Uh, that's her words. We are talking to CMAT, long awaited chat. We had a great chat with her. We wanted to do something a bit different, so instead of talk to her about her career so far, which has been pretty immense, as you know, myself and Andrea Cleary are big fans of, of CMAT so far and everything she's done. And uh, five or six singles in, she just released a new single called Too Wrecked to Care, um, but she'd been dropping bangers for a while. I don't really care for you. I want to be a cowboy baby. Another day, KFC. There's lots of stuff happening in the CMAT universe, and um, we'll get to some of that as well. And there's a video out of for Two Wreck to Care, which you can watch at the moment. But, you know, what we really wanted to know, because we've noticed that CMAT is a person of interest in terms of songwriting. She loves her songwriting. She is passionate about it. And we thought we'd ask her for five examples of great songwriting that she loves and um, she delivered that in spades I mean as well as uh, talking about great songwriting which uh, she knows about we also talk about for some reason reality tv from the 2010s I'm not really sure why um, but we do Um, so (laughs) that kicks off our chat as I say every week we couldn't do this show properly without you guys listening to it and we know you're out there and we know you are supporting us already. If you're not supporting us, um, patreon.com forward slash nine or nine from a fiver a month really, 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 really does make a huge, huge difference to our lives. And, um, you know, we kind of need to keep asking for fiver a month because people drop off on the Patreon. They sign up for a few months. They sign up for six months, whatever it is, a year. Uh, you know, people come and go, so we have to keep asking. We're trying to keep things on a level. Um, <clears throat> you understand the hustle that we're all in at the moment. Uh, these are tough times, and we're not going to dwell on it too much. But look, 
patreon.com forward slash nine or nine if you enjoy anything here and you enjoy anything we do with nine or nine anything i do personally do think about uh, subscribing from a five or a month you can go start from five or go up whatever it is there's a lovely discord community as well as i said okay without further ado let's uh, head over to our chat with cmat and myself and andrea cleary Matt, hello. Hi, how's it going? <laughs> good. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm actually on the podcast. Aren't you? You're dressed like a, an anti-drugs campaigner <laughs> in a cartoon. I am. I'm dressed like um, a PSA made by Nancy Reagan in the 1980s, telling kids to not <laughs> smoke weed. That's exactly how I'm dressed. Or also, you might argue I'm dressed like um, Anna Nicole Smith being interviewed on Jay Leno in 2006. That's kind of my two style icons right there. Um, yeah, and I think Anna Nicole Smith wouldn't want us to do drugs either. So, oh, uh, she's my idol. My laptop skit—you can't see it obviously because it's on the back of the laptop and not in front of it where I am. But my whole, the whole back of my laptop is covered in a skin of uh, the Anna Nicole Smith show logo because I love her so much. She's a big inspiration for me. I really love her. I never got into her. I remember her show being on MTV. And I remember watching it and thinking, I don't know what this is. Mm-hmm. I don't know why it is. And I'm just yeah. going to back away from it because I don't quite understand it. I did watch the that Paris Hilton and Nicole Richie show, The Simple Life, was that it? Yeah, Simple Life. I watched yeah. that and I'd be like, <laughs> women are stupid. And then I grew up and I was like, oh, that was that was bad to think that. Don't uh, don't don't do that. Basically, MTV in the what what would that have been like the mid two thousands was just a. So, it was not a good time. <laughs> yeah, I didn't actually. I never watched The Simple Life because I didn't have that channel. Weirdly enough, uh, but for some reason, I did have. Like when I was growing up in Clonny, um, we had just you know the sixteen channels or something. It was, mm. and one of those channels changed to the E Network. Do you remember E? Oh, the E Network, yes, which yes. is what? So that's what the Anna Nicole Smith show was on. And it's also what the Girls of the Playboy Mansion was on. And then the Girls of the Playboy Mansion spin-off, Kendra, the Kendra show. Go Kendra, go Kendra. I was obsessed with all of that. I was really, really into it. And then that's also what the Kardashians came from. But the Kardashians was a little too late for me because I watched all that stuff when I was a child. Um, yeah, no, Kardashians yeah. was definitely too late for me. I, I, I was um the, the Ashley Simpson show. I was into that. Oh, I love it. Oh, I, love I, it. Oh, I know it off my head. Thought heart. she Literally. was the coolest rock chick for I'd say about six months of my life. I was like, 
she's rock and roll and then and then she I, is she and still then is I don't i uh, yes. have that album i have that album the first Pe- one pieces, pieces of me. me oh yeah yeah pieces of me i love the song shadow on it which is about jessica living in the shadow <laughs> someone else's dream she was so earnest and do you remember the episode where she she's going on snl the infamous moment on in snl when she lip syncs gets caught out does a jig and then spends the whole episode kind of like masquerading the reason why she'd done that was because she had like a really bad chest infection and everybody knew that she just filmed all those bits where she was talking about the chest infection after the fact so that she could put it out as her statement it was a big a big story uh on on the road in fingless that week with the uh two other girls that watched the show with me she didn't deserve it she didn't deserve that backlash like honestly people were so mean to her about it and i mean people have been lip-syncing on on top of the pops for decades before that and it was fine and i feel like it's worth mentioning that her sister jessica did not really lip sync throughout that part of her years. And she should have. She should yes. have lip synced. Yes. Because a lot of the time, Jessica is a great vocalist. Like um, Jessica comes from musical theater, but she was forced into doing pop vocals by her label. So she did the same thing. The thing that was very thing. trendy. Yeah, the thing that was mm. very trendy in the early 2000s. Well, you can't. Uh, and, uh, and so Jessica had to do that and there's a really famous performance of Jessica singing Take My Breath Away on the Nick and Jessica show oh I the know Nick and Jessica. well <laughs> and she goes take my breath away and she goes she hits that exact note she's like take my breath away and it's like not the melody no. um it's nothing and she's really uh, yeah i have a lot of feelings on the simpson sisters to be honest like i'm a big defender of the two of them i think both of them got a lot of flack and both of them were put in very bad positions like jessica was put in a position where she was made to look like the worst singer in the world throughout the entirety of her career but she wasn't she was singing in a voice that wasn't her own and, and she was to made to look like it. an idiot by yeah. her husband who was an idiot and yeah, exactly. Every time he pointed out that she'd said something stupid, like, oh, do the buffaloes have wings or whatever? Every time oh, he yeah. pointed it out, it just made him look mean and her look gas. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, the two of them, which would you rather have a drink with? Fairly toxic representation of women around that time, though, and, and like, as we're discussing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, and yeah, what's no. funny is all that around. all of the women that were represented in a really poor way in the early to mid 2000s are some of my favorite women ever yeah. like Kerry Katona is a big inspiration for me I was a mm. huge fan of Kerry Katona and even now I just think she's so funny and she's like oh I know she's always putting her foot in it and she's always kind of getting in trouble but she's just so funny like she was on Instagram there the other day and was like unpacking her house and I don't know if you saw this she found a CD by Delta Goodrum that was signed and addressed to her two daughters which was before and this would have been before Brian McFadden left Kerry Katona to run away with Delta Goodrum. So she oh. found like a CD from Delta Goodrum addressed wow. to her two daughters, oh, took God. a picture of it, posted it on Instagram with like loads of laughing emojis and was like, tagged Brian McFadden and tagged her two daughters <laughs> in it and was like, Brian, I blame you for this. Ha ha. Like she was, she was, it cracked her up. Like Kerry Katona is kind of. Like she's kind of the last of the old school when it comes to that particular kind of celebrity who is like, like Br- British celebrity who had 
an amount of fame as an artist and then had a significant more amount, significantly more fame after her music career due to like, you know, dif- due different to reality reasons. television. Reality it was reality television, television is the marker in all, all of them. Stuff. And she's still hanging around and now she's kind of moving into the social media sphere. And I'm really happy for her. I just yeah. hope she's, was it you that posted, there was a clip of her and somebody was, um, being really mean to her about having an OnlyFans and also having children at the same time. Did you see that? Yes, clip? yes, Did, I posted Was it you that it, posted that? Because I watched it and I was like, don't come at Kerry. So basically, I think the debate was on this morning and the debate was about the fact that this woman uh, released a line of swimwear for like preteen girls that had padded bras in them. Oh. So it was a line of like bikinis for like 11, 12 year old girls that had padded bras. And Kerry Katona basically came on to say that this was absolutely atrocious and that this was setting a horrible, I think, so she was kind of taking the line of like, this is like, I think what she said was, it's like dangling a carrot in front of a pedophile was her words. Mm. And then the other thing she said was like, as if, like, as if they're not going to have loads of body image issues in about three years anyway. Can we not give them this time to like not think about their body? And then your woman basically said, well, how can you talk about um, body standards and like beauty standards when you have an OnlyFans and you have children? Yeah. And do your children not help you take pictures for your OnlyFans? And, and she's so was smug. Like, she really, yeah. She <laughs> felt like that was the biggest slam dunk. And Kerry Katona just lost her reason. And it was great. Yeah. It was absolutely Yeah, she brilliant. tore strips out of your woman. Absolutely. And I was delighted. I was delighted. I love Kerry Katona. Love her. Stan. Well, that's well. We, we've covered the mid two thousands. Then this is great. Let's but keep we're... going. Let's keep going. What other socialites? Okay, made in Chelsea cast. No, we're messing. No, I don't engage with any of the, the the new things. I thought this year I was like this. This year will be the year that I try with Love Island, and I put it on, and I was like, all of these people are way too good looking. I can't, I'm I'm not lo- I'm not watching this. I'm not yeah. watching this. These good looking people kissing. I've, no, I just can't do it. I need ugly like old withered cops who are <laughs> you know it's their last day before retirement their wife is cheating on them that's the stuff i need i need you like, need Mare true detective Town, like, season true 17 detective. yes exactly I, I can't be dealing with all these all these hot people um yeah no it's the last thing i watched was love was blind that was the last thing that was even well that was the best thing TV. that's ever happened that was great that, that was, was amazing yeah, amazing that a lot now. Um, because oh, I, they didn't watched... all have to fill I, I feel like with love is blind that was a cast of people who didn't have to fulfill that kind of extremely distorted um media beauty standards right yeah because there's a couple of different levels of beauty standards now i feel like we're coming into an age where because of the internet instead of having one aspirational body standard or beauty standard, we've now got a stream of about 20 million of them. Mm. So there's different types of beauty standards that you have to fit into pocket wise in order to succeed as an e-girl or a fashion model Mm. or a Love Island contestant. And even though all of these women are all beautiful, one could not interchange into the other. Mm. Um, so I feel like the thing that was good about Love is Blind is that everyone on it was really hot, but mm. they didn't all fulfill the same exact pocket or the exact same line of beauty standards. Yeah. Which, which is what is, was good about which that Which is show. what Selling Sunset, which was supposedly about real estate. Sunset. It was I love it. the best week and a half of my life 
was watching that like that and love is blind i will always hold dear to me for getting me through like a a couple of weeks of lockdown each but all of the women in selling sunset looked the exact same except maybe one of them was a brunette (laughs) (laughs) yeah and 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 amanza i love oh amanza oh I feel bad that we're absolutely excluding Niall from the conversation here. Absolutely. I'm sorry, Niall. What I will say is Selling Sunset is... Nice just to be able to listen. Selling Sunset's (laughs) amazing. You should watch it. it. Selling Sunset is absolutely incredible. I try try to watch that. I was not in the mood for it. Yeah, I tried to to tell Niall about it on the podcast once. Many people did, actually. Many people did. It is. It really ramps up into season two, I feel. So season one is kind of just setting the scene where you're getting all of the dynamic and you're like, okay... So Chriselle is just going to be horrifically bullied by Christine for this entire season for no reason yeah. whatsoever. Cool. And then you go into the second season, everything starts to change a little yeah. bit. And now, I don't know if you're aware, sorry again to all of the Nyler 9 listeners who thought they were coming on to listen about alternative music. That's not what this <laughs> is. Um, so right now, so Heather just got married to Tarek. Mm. She got married and everyone was there and everyone did a group picture except for Christine. So I feel like in the fourth season, we're going to get a real like turn of events where Christine seems to be excluded. So I feel like everyone has turned on Christine finally yeah, because finally. she's just so mean. I love but her. She's, she's gorgeous. She's amazing. She's amazing and she's gorgeous and I love a lot of things about her, but she's also a terrible bully. Like, yeah, and a, I don't she's mean a terrible person, but she looks incredible all the time. I don't mean that she's a really intense bully. I mean that she's a bully who's bad at being a bully because <laughs> instead of picking out people with weaknesses, she just picks out people that she doesn't like and tries to give them weaknesses by like going really hard on them for like yeah. things that don't matter. Like when Christine tried to make Chriselle look bad because she was like, I sent her a bunch of flowers when her dad died and she didn't even and acknowledge them. she didn't them. even call me to say And Chriselle was like, I wasn't in LA. <laughs> you sent them to LA and I was at home in Missouri yeah. for like a month to <laughs> tie up all of the details with my yeah. dad's undertaker she's also like also um. my very famous husband <laughs> had been cheating on me and left me yeah. and I found out in a newspaper oh it was it's just amazing yeah anyway we're not <laughs> anyway. here to talk about this we are here to talk to you about um about five songs that you've selected for us oh yeah uh, to discuss yeah um five songs that that mean a lot to CMAT to the CMAT songwriting process to the CMAT vibe and you've presented us with five absolutely amazing songs, one of which I'm now obsessed with. And I'll tell you about it when when we get to it. I but, think um... I know what it is, but let's save it. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to start by telling us you, the, the first song that you chose? What was the first song that I chose? Mm. So I oh, should okay. say that while doing this process, when uh, so uh, my manager Barry told me that I had to pick five songs I mean it was like I'm not gonna be able to do this because I really <laughs> struggled to whittle anything down so I have mm. a master list of about 25 that okay. I picked out uh yesterday oh, wow. okay. and then this morning I just had to like try to pick ones that were from kind of different groups and then okay. put them all together but like I had a very long master list like I think what oh yeah I can see here so ones that I didn't pick out like I was really ready to talk about wonder if i take you home by lisa lisa i was mm. ready and i was like no i can't talk about lisa lisa yet i don't have the i can't talk about lisa lisa right now and then what else oh yeah i was gonna talk about like uh 
Kirsty and Loretta Lynn. So I am very well. Look, things these these things ebb and flow. The five songs that you've chosen today might not be the five songs that you choose tomorrow. But yeah. today is when we're talking to you, and it's this SEMA yeah. that we're going to talk to you about. So the first song <laughs> that we have from you is yeah. a song that I absolutely adore. It's Lady with a Braid by Dory Previn. So I think the thing about this song, so I would credit this as being absolutely top 10 songs of all time for me. It's something I go back to. I learned it on guitar when I was like 15, 16 years old. Like I've been singing it that long because my music teacher really got me into Dory Previn. And um, the thing that is incredible the reason this song is incredible is because it is literally just a depiction of a very unhinged and lonely woman who is like having a one night stand but is being real weird about it which is something I can relate to I'm not gonna lie (laughs) where you get in your head where you're like maybe I think this is a one night stand but maybe we'll marry like what if we what if this really works? You know, you get real weird. Like you can get yeah. real weird during these situations. And I I guess like there's a lot of parts of the song that just switches. So like the beginning of it, uh, would you care to stay till sunrise? It's completely our decision. It's just the going home. It's such a ride, such a ride. And then, so when you're in that key, right? When you're in this key, she's kind of acting normal and she's just kind of describing things that are normal. And then the key switches and we go into the B section of the song and she's like, shall I make you in the morning a cup of homemade coffee? I will sweeten it with honey and with cream when you sleep. Do you have dreams? Like that's so funny. That is so Yeah, funny. I was looking at the lyrics of it. Yeah, even that, like it's completely your decision. It's like, oh God, yeah. okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, let's play, let's play a bit of it for, for context. And I can watch you while you shave. Oh God, the mirror is cracked. When you leave, will you come back? Like that's so weird. I love yeah, it. Yeah. It's weird, but it's, I would say every single woman that I have ever met ever has like pulled those exact moves like extremely unhinged just like will you just stay with me forever it's like will you uh, please for the love of god just stay over because like there's a line in in, like the last one she she goes back to the uh would you care to stay so sunrise it's completely your decision it's just the night cuts through me like a knife uh would you care to stay a while and save my life and like to to, to go from the like the kind of aloof like uh, oh yeah you can stay over it's just it's really hard to get a taxi at this time and like you know I'm yeah. in the middle of nowhere and, and then she's like oh no if you leave I'll, I will die so um, it's so all right. funny all right. it's literally- let's play the song let's play the song let's so play the song would you care to stay till sunrise it's completely your decision it's just that going home is such a ride such a ride Going home is such a ride Going home is such a ride Going home is such a low and lonely ride Would you hang your denim jacket Near the poster by Picasso Do you sleep on the left side Or the right, or the right Would you mind on the light would you mind if it is 
isn't too bright Now I need the window open So if you happen to get chilly There's this coverlet My cousin hand crocheted Hand crocheted Do you mind If the edges are frayed Would you like To unfasten my braid Shall I make you in the morning A cup of homemade coffee I will sweeten it with honey And with cream When you sleep Do you have dreams? You can read the early paper And I can watch you while you shave Oh God, the mirror's cracked When you leave Will you come back? You don't have to answer that at all the bathroom door is just across the hall you'll find an extra towel on the rack on the paisley pattern papered wall there's a comb on the shelf i papered that wall myself that wall myself would you care to stay till sunrise It's completely your decision It's just the night cuts through me Like a knife, like a knife Would you care? All right, all right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Such a lovely little jam there. That was really So nice. you say your, your music teacher uh, got you into Dory Brevin. Is this song in particular? Um, yeah. <laughs> so my teacher, is my music teacher is a woman called... Pat Morris and I had her from first year in secondary school all the way through to sixth year so I she was probably the longest consistent teacher that I ever had all my other you know all my other teachers in secondary school kind of came and went but I had her for every single year the entire way through and she just loved me she just loved me like I remember from from when I was 12 she loved me and um She's kind of one of these teachers that I feel and I think it's okay that I'm naming her um, when I say this. I feel like she had very obvious favorites and <laughs> I was very into the fact that her favorites were always the people who weren't necessarily as good at music. Like, because I was not like, you know, a lot of the other people in my class were far better at music than I was in a technical sense. Like they all, you know... She, like a, a lot of people were doing grade 10 piano and stuff and mm. were playing in the FLA and winning FLA competitions every year. And I was doing nothing of the sort. I was doing nothing like this. But she loved, um, I think she just loved girls who were singers and just enjoyed music for absolutely no reason. That was kind of her favorite student. And I was that like in buckets like I had no skills. Mm. <laughs> and like she, um, I remember like, when I was doing my leaving search, she like let me come over to her house and do extra grinds in like the theoretical side of the exam. And she, like, just for free, she was just like, just come over, Alana. She used to call me Alana. Um, like, come over, Alana. And um, like, sorry, I would sorry. just get why, free Why grinds. did she call you Alana? Don't know. Don't know. <laughs> Don't really know. Um, is that, is that the girl from tomorrow? 
No, I think it might be. I don't. I forget what part of the country she's from, but I know. Um, people will call Alana, like it's an Irish language thing. So you'll say Alana, right. but what you mean is Alanov. Oh, okay. like my baby. I've never heard that before. Babe. I thought she was just like, "You look like an Alana," so I'm just going to refer to you as Alana. I I thought that's what it was for pretty much my entire school journey. I just thought she called me Alana for absolutely no reason. But apart, this is something I found out later. Was like this is a thing in certain parts of the country where you'll say like Alana, Irish, like you mean for a child, like yeah, like Alana, yeah, like that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Alana. I once worked yeah. with a man who uh, for three and a half years thought my name was Adrian and I never corrected him and <laughs> I got a, a card when I was leaving and uh, I saw that he'd signed it and all over the card from other people was sorry to see you go Andrea and I'm sure when the card got to him he just put his head in his hands and was like oh god what have I done but um, that's playing he, the long game yeah that's intense <laughs> yeah that's that story um I I love that song is that song? I was trying to find it earlier because I ha- I haven't heard that song in a couple of years. I'd say, is that song in a film? Because I'm trying to think about where I discovered it. I have no idea. I I found it through my music teacher. Um, I remember like she she tried to get me into a lot of music when I was very young that I refused to listen to. Okay. Um, like I remember I probably could have been 13 the first time she was like, you need to go home and listen to Dory Previn and the McGarrigal sisters mm. and Loudon Wainwright. And she was like, you need to go home. You need to listen to this. And you're going to learn a song and you're going to come in. I'm going to play the song on piano for you. And you're going to sing it. And I was like, I'm not doing any of that. I don't like any of this music. I'm 13. I listened to Chris Brown. Because uh, <laughs> that's what I did. I did listen to Chris Brown at the time. And um, so she was like, no, Alana, you've got a voice. You've got this voice. You have to start singing country music. I was like, I don't want to. I want to sing music like Chris Brown. <laughs> which is so funny to think of now so it took us like she was basically bullying me into listening to a lot of this kind of 70s freak folk and then I got to the age of about 15 or 16 and I just remember it clicking I don't Mm. even I can't even tell you what happened but I just remember being like oh yeah I get it now like she could see it before I could see it because I was into country music and I did love country music but I was into like straight country music and I don't think I would have entertained folk when I was that Mm. young and she was just like no I think this is more you like the country infused folk kind of thing and then eventually it clicked and I was like oh no oh that's where sorry yes um father John Misty put up a playlist before back when he had twitter and he was like here's a load of music that I love and Dory Previn was the first song on the playlist that's, he does he does a cover of it live he he yeah. performs it live sometimes and and uh, not to gatekeep Dory Previn but I do feel like a man shouldn't sing that song and no. that's genuinely just my especially opinion him matter. and I love him it's to- totally him, him. Yeah. I would expect him to pick that song yeah. to do it all right oh yeah, I, I understand sure. why he loves it I understand yes. why he gets it I can totally see why that would be very very influential towards him because it makes the singer look like bad this, mm. it makes the singer out to be a bad person and that's his whole um brand but uh yeah he should he also have the sense to know that it doesn't work if a man sings it yeah it doesn't work if a man sings it, it doesn't yeah. work if a man sings it but i love him i love him a lot so he can Me get too. away with most things but i am going to gatekeep dory Previn from him that's just <laughs> okay. my all right cool well your second choice then is from Charlotte Dos Santos. Uh, yeah. called, it's over Bobby. This is a newer uh, song, 2017, uh, Brazilian Norwegian singer. Um, yeah, let's play the song first and then. 
Charlotte Dos Santos, uh, can you tell me a bit about this and why you picked it? Obviously, it's about, it's got samba vibes, got a bit of jazz thing going on there. So, so I think as a rule for my life, anything that kind of sounds like Astra Gilberto, I love it. That's kind of my rule of thumb. Um, I love this song in particular. So I love Charlotte Dos Santos. I think she's amazing. I think she's really, really great. And I think she may be someone like me who wears her vintage influences kind of on her sleeve with her music and her production and everything. But she she does it really well. And I think like even though this is a song that obviously takes a lot from like Bossa Nova and like um older Brazilian music, like it just sounds so fresh and it sounds cool and in particular the reason I love this song and this is something I love if I hear it in any song is there are talking segments Mm. there are like recitations and this is a real country music thing as well but in the middle of the song there's this bit where she's like yes it's over I am done and she says it just the way she says it is very cool she's like I am done so you can take all your little things (laughs) and I just think it's really dramatic and theatrical and I just I don't know why this I've been listening to the song a lot recently I think this is kind of a summer jam for me this song me and my friend Emily she loves it as well so whenever I'm in London and it's like a summery moment in London and there's like pims on the roof somewhere in a jug and I'm living my posh London North London mom fantasy mm-hmm. I will put this song on and I will jam out and I think she's a great writer I think she does everything she does really well and I just I love the song it's fun and it's like ooh, loving you uh, uh, I just love it it's a great song I, I didn't know it before um listening to the playlist and I didn't know her either um and I was listening to it and I was like, what is this? This is like Nancy Sinatra. I'm like, this this could, this wouldn't yeah. feel out of place on like the opening credits of a Quentin Tarantino film. It was like really cinematic. I love the brass yeah. that comes in. And then when I went and looked at when it, I was like, oh, when's this from? I went and looked at when it was released and I'd like my jaw dropped. I was like, this is modern. I was surprised. Yes, yeah, yeah, I was surprised. 
yeah it's yeah. absolutely fantastic is is the rest of her music does she i think she only has an ep out at the minute does she or does she have albums out that's i think she does that's yeah it? i think that's an oh, album maybe this, Cleo oh, maybe album. This and, and, and she's this releasing stuff this kind year of the rest of her stuff if you like this um, would you like the rest of it i think she kind of takes her whims and she goes like this is a particular i think of all the songs that she has this is one where she really doubles down on her like vintage references and for some reason like because of that it sounds cooler to me or it sounds like i think it's really hard to pull off music that sounds old yeah new especially yeah. to me to my ear i can pick that it kind out of a vintage especially yeah it just mm. sounds like it's it came from a from a dusty vinyl somewhere and it's a really tough thing to do yeah yeah because so, she's got a great band if, if if you get like a like a press email or, or or something that says like bossa nova inspired it's usually like may, maybe it's a band taking like a little bit of inspiration from the rhythm or something but i i'm really excited to see an artist like because i i absolutely love bossa nova music um and yeah me too it's really exciting to see an artist who's just like really really leaning into it and not afraid to lean into the kind of the cheesier side of it as well because bossa nova music it is it is kind of like sultry and cheesy and it's yeah. a lot of fun it's loads of fun um i'm yeah, a I, big I a i'm a big fun. astrid gilberto fan and i feel like a lot mm. of girls my age are really big astrid gilberto fans and there's yeah. no explanation for it like i know <laughs> loads of girls who are in their early 20s that are like yeah i've been listening to astrid gilberto for years and you're like why and you're like i don't know <laughs> Uh, like Caliuch, well, Caliuchus maybe is a bit more explainable because she got the records off her parents. But like Caliuchus always says, like the only artist that she listened to as a child and the person that she became the most obsessed with in the history of her life is Astrid Gilberto, mm. and because of that, she sings the way that Astrid Gilberto sang. And um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, can I swear? Am I let's swear on the podcast? Yes, of course. Yeah. Yes. Bitches love Bossa Nova. Like, bitches love Astra Gilberto. Yeah. Billie Eilish has a Bossa Nova song on her new record yeah. uh, coming out. Well, I don't know. It's called Billie Bossa Nova, so I'm assuming it's a Bossa Nova song. <laughs> uh, bitches love Bossa Nova. <laughs> it's just, maybe when we it's all sexy watched, girl music. When we all watched The Talented Mr. Ripley when we were like 13, maybe that just really formed something in us i know i know it did for me <laughs> that was me being like oh jazz music seems cool this is this is cool because my my yeah. mom always said um that she didn't like jazz because she thought jazz was uh like mom i i i adore uh, i love the bones of her but she doesn't know anything about music like she i did not have like a very musical family growing up and she'd be like i don't like jazz it just feels like it's not going anywhere and uh, all the time so i sort of like took that to heart so then my big kind of um revolt in teen years was being like yeah well mom i'm listening to jazz now so screw you <laughs> <laughs> jazz and emo music so but the I two pillars I, of andrea clary that's uh, it yeah <laughs> um but I, I, I think she'd like this and i think she'd like bossa nova music it's uh it's a bit more acceptable. according to her instagram it's pronounced charlotte dos santos oh dos santos. oh Charlotte. Charlotte. So oh, there we go. There's a. That's me told. Charlotte. Yeah. Charlotte. Yeah. Charlotte. So if you know any Charlottes, uh, you can start calling them that. Um, okay, your next song is uh, from an Irish uh, singer songwriter of some repute Waterford. and some renown. Yeah. I forgot Waterford I picked this song. Man. Oh, I love this song. Oh, I love him. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm ready. I'm ready. It is Gilbert O'Sullivan, and the song is called What's in a Kiss. 
you'd like to have been All the places that you haven't yet seen Tell me what's in a dream I know it's really rather stupid of me But I honestly don't know Every time I try to find a solution I'm surprised that I quickly I've become so slow What's in a kiss? Have you ever wondered just what it is? More perhaps than just one moment of bliss Tell me what's in a kiss? So that's Gilbert O'Sullivan, What's in a Kiss. You may know Gilbert O'Sullivan from, I guess his biggest tune is uh, Alone Again, naturally. Um, what a tune. Matt, talk to me about uh, your love of, of, of Gilbert. So I don't know when it started, but I feel like he's kind of been like in my life for a very long time because all of my family are from Waterford. So like all my, like we're like the Dublin cousins, but all of the rest of my mom's side of the family are all in Waterford, Dungarvan, shout out Dungarvan. And uh, I feel like he's just always been around and he's just the best songwriter that the country's ever produced other than me. Um, Of course I have to get that in there. But like he is literally the best songwriter that this country has ever produced. And it's crazy to me. There's something about his music that brings me to a very safe place, even when he, you know, maybe in a song like um, Alone Again, Naturally, when he's literally talking about throwing himself off of a church to kill himself on his wedding day. Like, even then I'm like, ah, <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> oh, old Gil. Um, I think the thing that is most inspirational to me about Gilbert O'Sullivan is in terms of as a songwriter, is as well as obviously him just having these incredible structures and like uh, such an amazing ear for like really intriguing melody is he always manages to put quite a lot of color into his lyrics. And I guess what I mean by that is he'll always put in a word that you like haven't thought of in a while or like he'll mm. describe, he, he's really good at being really visual. So I just wanted to pull out a lyric from this song because I wrote a song that is going to be released at some point soon that was directly inspired by this particular song. I could have picked any Gilbert O'Sullivan song. I know them all. Um, <laughs> that's not an exaggeration. This is actually a deep cut. This is a rare track for him. This is on his like rarities. But um, uh, there's a lyric at the towards the end of the song. It's like, anytime you need a light refreshment, baby, you can count on me. I am your very own delicatessen. Well, who can supply you with your every need? I love that lyric. I love it so much. Like he was able to fit the word delicatessen into a love song. And I think that's why he's the master. So I literally heard that and I was like, I'm going to write a song with the word delicatessen in it. And I have, and I've done it. And nice. I've done it specifically for Gilbert because I just think he's brilliant. I just, I know he's, probably a weird guy from everything that everyone has ever written about him ever but I just don't care is what I would say I just simply don't care I think this is a man who is like 
driven to the point of madness by his desire to just make really good music. Like he said, he said this as well himself, like he never had a girlfriend. Um, I don't think he had a girlfriend or any kind of relationship or romantic relationship or anything until he was in his 30s because he thought that falling in love was going to distract him from writing good songs about love. Mm. Like he said that he literally forced celibacy on himself so that he wouldn't interrupt his creative process. It's a very vocational kind of view of love songs. That's like uh, Enya, as we discussed recently, Mm. who was like, no, don't want a partner. Not for me. Same, like music, music comes first. Yeah. Absolutely. He's like a music priest. He is like a priest (laughs) with music. And he's so good with good reason. Like he's just, I just think he's so underrated in the, like I know he was, hugely successful in the late 70s early 80s and I know he was super popular and that he had like I don't know like Justin Bieber levels of fame in the UK and Ireland where he was like a poster boy and everything and I know he was that famous but I feel like his success hasn't necessarily translated as well as it should to the modern era like I do feel like we should be talking about him as if he is you too he doesn't come up on the kind of uh, lists of great Irish songwriters I think people probably lumping him into categories with um actually i'm i'm, I'm not gonna badmouth any uh, any uh show show tune <laughs> people but you know like maybe, maybe a little bit less um less it's meaningful not, music or it's not like cool pop music in any yeah, way so yeah i think people mean, assume yeah. i think people make the assumption that he because he had that level of fame at that time and i guess he was kind of on the Nolan sister circuit of fame mm. that he wasn't responsible for all of the music that he wrote, but he was, he wrote mm. everything. He wrote everything and he's an amazing musician. He's just an incredible artist and he's so inventive. And like his songs are just literally timeless. Like I know a lot of people like to throw that around, but like the production on everything that has ever been made for him and the songwriting and the lyrics, like everything about it is so timeless. Like it does not get old. It has not aged a day. It's just brilliant. It kind of reminds me of like Todd Rundgren or something where like you can put on a Todd Rundgren record and like everyone in the room is going to love it. They're like, wow, this is amazing. What is this? And you're like, it's Todd Rundgren. And they're like, huh? And I feel like the same thing happens to Gilbert O'Sullivan. You play Gilbert O'Sullivan this song. They're like, damn, what is this? This is incredible. I'm like, Gilbert O'Sullivan. Same with Paul Williams. I feel Paul Williams is the same. You put on a Paul Williams song, mm. they're like, damn, this song is incredible. What's the song? It's Paul Williams. Mm. Paul Williams. I feel very similar. So what you're talking about is like he's a great songwriter. That's yeah. what that's what people, you know, that's what people recognize. The same with Paul Williams, you know. Yeah. Like that kind of level of, oh yeah, well no matter what, how it sounds or 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 how many years have passed, everyone recognizes a good song. Mm. Yeah. If it's not informed by trends of the era as well, I think is a very important thing. If you're a really good songwriter that's maybe informed by your surroundings, but doesn't necessarily pander to them. um, I think that's a really important element of all these people because Gilbert O'Sullivan was never trendy. He was Mm. never cool. Neither was Paul Williams. I think another really good example of this actually is like Queen. Mm. Like Queen were never trendy or cool or never made music that sounded... Like it was taking from stuff that was going to get on radio or whatever, but it just managed to anyway. I always mm. think that's a really important element of songwriters who stand the test of time. And I think he's a, an amazing example of one of them. And I love him. Gilbert, if um, you're in there, hit me up. <laughs> would love to talk. I would love to <laughs> hear a duet. 
of the child oh. singing this song. I think that would be really lovely. We'll we'll, we'll put the feelers out for you. We will he do could our be best. he could be the Tony Bennett to my Lady Gaga. Yeah, yes. you know what I mean. Yeah, we could do Ir- that record. Irish style. Yeah, yeah. lovely. Yeah, and he's Brilliant. you know he's seventy four. Still probably able to bop away with the rest of them. You know. He was doing yeah. shows. He's, he's he was doing a lot of Street yeah, shows. Yeah, we like... do Gosh Energy Theatre, I think, recently. Bob. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So I think he, does, <laughs> he seems to be, does do shows a lot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he does. Well, I mean, still whenever you could. Yeah. Your next song is a song I'm excited to talk about. Is yeah, it, so. Is it Drinkenstein? It's Drinkenstein. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So, yeah. So. Tell us. Because I want to know which one I'm supposed to be playing. Maybe I'll play both. So this is what I want to talk about. So I was like, I should put a note on this, but I'll just say. So Drinkenstein is a song written by the one and only Dolly Parton for a film that she released in 1984 called Rhinestone. The film, this, the basic premise of the film is that Sylvester Stallone um, is like a car mechanic and Dolly Parton is working in a country nightclub i guess something along the lines of like um bluebird cafe in nashville or something um and basically the landowner is like if you don't show up with ten thousand dollars in the next week then we're gonna kick you out and she's like why would you kick me out i could turn anyone into a country music star i could turn anyone into a country music star pick one person he's like oh that guy and points to sylvester stallone so the whole thing is in order to save the venue she has to turn him into a country music superstar. And that's the premise of the film. Now, by anyone else's standards, this might be the worst film that's ever been made. <laughs> by my standards, I think it's the greatest masterpiece of all time. And she wrote all of the songs in the film. And one of the songs is a song called Drinkenstein, which annoyingly she never recorded. So she has mm. never recorded a version of this song. She's never done a studio version of the song. The only version of this that exists of Dolly Parton singing it is one that she did live during a promotional tour for the film. But the film tanked so badly that she basically didn't want anything to do with it afterwards. So the only recorded proper studio version recorded of it that exists is Sylvester Stallone's. And it is quite frankly unlistenable. (laughs) It is so bad. And well, really we might have to you. listen to a bit of it. We definitely have to listen okay, to it. Okay, we can listen it. to the Sylvester. I have both, I have both versions. I have both versions. So Stick we'll, on a bit we'll of start. Sylvester. Yeah, okay. Right, this is Drinkenstein. <laughs> From the album, I think. The yeah. original soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> I love this song. I'm just going to go to thriller. Oh, my first <laughs> Where he makes the transformation all the time In the style of Dr. Buzz Just a pint of monster blood And it does affect them different every time So bad. 
All right, that's enough of Sylvester anyway yeah. on that part. So I, it's I very hard to it. tell that this is a good song by him singing <laughs> it. But then when you hear Dolly do it, you're like, why did she never yeah. record this? Because you're actually right, Andre. I think at one point you were like, oh, this kind of reminds you of Thriller. So this is 1984. So I think there was a trend at this time of spooky songs. Mm. So Dolly wanted to write a spooky song. And by that God, was she country. did. <laughs> and she killed it. The lyrics yeah. in the song are incredible. There's a bit where she couldn't find enough syllables. So instead of saying laboratory, she said laboratory. She's like, <laughs> yeah. down the street is the laboratory where he that. makes the transformation all and the time. Is, is that Sylvester Stallone singing? Yes, it is. Okay, yeah. I will say he does a much better job than I expected him to. He, um, that's the recording. The yeah, the one oh, on the film no, is watched, quite I, bad. I actually, I posted it on my Twitter <laughs> to say that I'd caused to watch the clip today with no context at all. And uh, yeah, it's not great. But the film but is still, the film version is I worse. I still maintain that he does better than I thought he wa- would because I yeah I, I I would imagine that he's not exactly regarded as being like a singer, um, not a country he, singer. No, Definitely not. he does his Definitely best. Not. Like, and he there's a there's a few. There's a few little um, vocal flourishes that he that he puts on words there. And I'm like, yeah, OK. I mean, what I will say, and this is my most closely held belief because I'm <laughs> wearing a T-shirt that says it right. Mm. But country music is for everyone. Mm-hmm. And it's even for like, I'm really glad that he tried it out is what I Me would too. say. And I'm Me really too. grateful. And just because it doesn't work doesn't mean it doesn't belong to him. Country music belongs to an Italian-American icon as much as it does anyone else. That's the whole point of country music. It's a melting pot. So mm. I'm glad he tried it out. Uh, but Dolly's version is far superior. Okay, here's Dolly's version. I haven't heard Dolly's version. So. I have never wanted to hear a studio recording of a song more in my life. I, that, I, I hadn't heard that before just now. And that was amazing. Even, even live, bad audio through, I assume, a YouTube clip. Yeah, that's the best quality that there is, unfortunately. Oh, yeah, um, that's the best that there is. And there's two versions on YouTube and that is the best of it. And that's still oh. quite bad. Me and my, um, me and my producer, Ollie, have threatened to do my version of this song Please, multiple times. And God. I think... I think I will at some point, but it's just kind of hard to, it's hard to allocate studio time at the moment to something that is just for me, <laughs> like not yeah. to be released. Yeah, I think like, <laughs> the, the CMAT fans are getting uh, angered actually with, with the, the, the lack of album announcement so far. So if you, if you come out with a bloody if I come out cover with of Drinkenstein, I think they might actually try and find you. <laughs> I mean, I feel like they'd love it. I'll be honest. They would. Of I think it'd be one for would. you if you have, if you end up doing a Christmas special again. Yeah, for that, yeah, for sure. or for the gigs. You know? you're, you're sold yeah. out gigs. I've been warned that <laughs> the Christmas special is to never happen again <laughs> 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 because I almost died during the 
process of making it because it was very stressful and very time consuming and I didn't sleep for literally a week because mm. uh, we had no money to put it together so it was like all manpower on my part and I literally almost put myself in an early grave as a result of the Christmas special no regrets and well, I was if, like if you start let's now, do it again next year and my manager was now, like you're never doing this again he's like we were yeah, we are never need, doing this again you need like, a good run up on. for that one yeah come on let's do it again but nobody will fund <laughs> it either so that's another problem but, uh, I don't know I mean give it a couple of years I'm sure yeah. you, you, RTE should surely take it up oh they should <laughs> come Gil- on Gilbert give me some money I'm sure he has a few bob squirreled away a very Gilbert C-Mac Christmas a very I'm Gilbert just speaking C-Mac it into existence now we'd have out. a great time yeah are you aware, uh, Seaman, of any other uh, songs from actors in uh, country music or country music songs in, in films? Because um, I found one um, from Clint Eastwood. Are you familiar with this? Uh, Is it Painter Wagon? Uh, no, it's Barroom Buddies, it's called. It's uh, himself and Merle Haggard from a 1980 film called Bronco Billy. Oh. Um, so I'll play this for you now because I was just looking to see if this was a thing. It is a thing. Clint Eastwood, did you say? This is Clint Eastwood and Merle Haggard. Ooh. Hey, I want to sing till the feeling gets right. Well, let's harmonize. We'll be dynamite. I hold the high notes. I've done it for years. Good deal, old buddy, and I'll pour the beers. There's always some lady alone at the bar. Yeah, and you always let her know just who you are. I know a couple gals that we can call. Damn, they'll shake the picture right off of your wall. We're barroom buddies, and that's the best kind. Nobody fools with a buddy of mine. I laugh when you're happy, and I cry oh, when you're blue. <laughs> we're barroom buddies, and we're doing fine. So call me another, we got nothing but time. Old chug-a-lug-a-luggin', barroom buddy of mine. There you go. Oh my oh. God, they're just that was lovely. Barroom buddies, just being mates. <laughs> that was so nice. Picking up girls, having a time, having a, a pint and a shot. I love it. There you go. Yeah. That was so sweet. <laughs> I love, I love, I love the boys. Love the boys. Yeah. <laughs> that's, just hanging That's out. like their version having, of like Chelsea Dagger coming on at a festival, just <laughs> arms around each other, slapping <laughs> 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 like Carlsberg all over each other's shoulders. I love that for them. Yeah, well done, yeah, boys. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I was going to go into CMAT's final track, um, which mm. is another modern track. It's and been a mo- year since we talked. When did this come out? It's um, been less than a year because I haven't been... experienced my second August with the song August yet. Mm. I'm very excited for the month of August to come up just so that I have an excuse to sing the song all of the time. Um, so it is it is uh, Taylor well, yeah, Swift this, this August, month last year yeah which is a a song I I expected there to be a Taylor Swift song on your uh, list uh, but I was surprised that it was such a recent one I was surprised it wasn't going to be one from her earlier catalog so tell, tell me about well, your relationship I with do August. I do often I do often bring up early Taylor Swift into conversations pretty much all the time um what I will say is that her last two albums that she released are like I know they're worldly and widely critically acclaimed like very highly critically acclaimed and it's one of those things where like 
when something is really highly critically acclaimed, I'm like, oh, is it really that good? It is really that good. It's they're incredible. The stuff she's putting out at the moment is incredible. And um, this song, August, I don't know. I was just thinking because you asked me to pick songs where I think the songwriting is particularly good, and I think in this one. There's just lines and lines and lines in this song that are so... The first time I properly listened to the song, I bawled. I bawled crying. I was like, ah, I love her so much. Because I really do love her so much. And there's a bit... Remember when we put up a dead, get in the car. And I kept on my plans just in case you call. Back when I was living for the hope of it all. For the hope of it all. Like, there's so many lines. Uh, there's a meet me behind the mall. That's a great... I just think that line in and itself, meet me behind the mall, is very evocative. And it's just a song about a teenager who um, thought she had a boyfriend and then he was actually in love with someone else. And it's just her kind of going back through their relationship together and realizing that she had one opinion of it here when he actually had a completely different opinion of it here. And it's a very laser focused narrative. And it makes up this like triad of songs within this album that are all about the same relationship. So the first one is Cardigan which is from the perspective of the girlfriend who gets cheated on. And then there's Betty from the perspective of the guy in question. Which is my, my favorite song on that album is Betty. Oh, Betty is your fave. Yeah. I think yeah. August is my fave. And then August is the girl who was the other woman who's kind of just left on the sidelines. And it's just a brilliant song. I don't mm. really have much else to say about it. I think she's an unbelievable lyricist. I think there's just hook after hook in this song I also just think there's lines after lines that are devastating in this song um and also I really like the fact that in in a roundabout way she's kind of coming back to country music she's like dipping her little toes in there she's kind of just crawling back which I'm very grateful for because I think that's when she's at her best to Mm -hmm. be honest like I think she's amazing in anything she's ever done ever. And I think even her bad albums, quote unquote, uh, have songs in there. Like, you know, her albums that are regarded as being her poorest efforts are like um, Lover and Reputation. Mm. And it's like, even on those quote unquote bad albums, she has songs that like other artists that are in her kind of, that are her peers can't even touch. I think the the thing about Taylor Swift and having a couple of bad albums, like I really didn't like Reputation, but I I can definitely say that there are a couple of a couple of really good songs on it. Lover kind of passed me by, but I do I do think the lead single off the the uh, the lead track the the track called Lover is is an excellent song. But I think the problem with those albums and what was so disappointing with those albums is that Taylor Swift is both an excellent singles artist and an excellent albums artist. So when you get an album that doesn't hit especially when when you're coming off the back of an album like 1989 which I maintain is the best pop record of the decade in which it was released um then it's uh it's a little bit trickier then uh so then when when she came back around and and she brought out these two albums I was like yes okay she's leaning back into I was I was really excited to see her lean, lean into narrative um because I think that she she's an excellent albums artist and she has been kind of since like her second record on pretty much like she's she's had albums that are that work as like units and you can't really yeah. take any songs out of them without the whole thing falling apart and I think that that's part part of what makes a good album um and I yeah I think this song August um I was really into that whole triad thing the trilogy thing within this album and this song is 
it is that you can't take it out without the whole thing falling apart. It's it's a completely necessary song on the album, do you know? Yeah. I just Let's hear it. a bit of it so now. Yeah. Um, just to, for context. To live for the hope of it all. Cancel plans just in case you call. And say, meet me behind the mall. So much for someone love. Saying us because you weren't Swift, a uh, song called August. And, uh, Gorge. Do you, know, do you know what I love about yeah. that song? It is an opportunity to listen to a song in August, which is, according to some people who are wrong, um, uh, uh, considered to be like a summer month. Whereas August is when I'm I'm switching. I'm going. St- I'm leaning in. I'm buying cardigans. I'm I'm going in on autumn. Whoa, whoa. And this and this is a song that you can listen to in August. It's about August, but it feels autumnal, and I really appreciate that. It's Absolutely great. <laughs> it's what? What are we? The seventh of July, and I'm I'm finished with summer now. I'm done. I'd like it to end oh, now. Jesus. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I've had enough. I'm too warm. I got sunburned at the weekend. I'm done. How do you? How are you with the with the summer, Sima? Um, I'm not really a summer girl. I but I, I'm just an indoors person in general. Is what I would say. I don't really like going outside too much. So. It doesn't make a difference to me too much, but in general, I think I'm more of a winter person. I like it. I like. Is your birthday in the winter time? No, my birthday's in. Well, my birthday's the end of February, so it's kind of yeah. Um, it does often snow around my birthday time, but I just like I just like being indoors, and I like layers, and um, I like um, I don't know. I, I spent a lot of time in Denmark when I was a teenager and I'm really into the culture over there of like cold snap, uh, like cold, no wind, no rain. It's just very cold. So mm. you have to wrap up, but you can still sit outside yeah. with blankets and oh, that's, drink that's loads of beer and eat fish. Ever. Do you say Denmark? Yeah. Yeah. Hoog, the the hygge and all that. Yeah. All that yeah. Stuff. The cozy stuff. I'm into getting, that. Getting, getting cozy. Yeah. Good. And Very it's good. too difficult to do that in July. And all I want to do is light a little candle and sit under a blanket. At any time, day or night, that's what I want to be doing is, is sitting under a blanket with a candle. And um, you can't really do that uh, when it's 23 degrees outside and all your friends are going to the beach. So Yeah. Anyway. Seema, <laughs> uh, thank you so much for talking to, to us about um, your favorite songwriters. You are, yeah. as you may or may not know, one of our favorite songwriters, and you've had a string of ridiculously good songs, like in in a row. Um, I'm nodding. Niall is nodding, and uh, we are we are high key stands of of Sima on this podcast. So it's been really lovely to have you on, and I know there's Thank a, lo- you. a lot of people in our Discord who will be very excited to hear uh, from you as well because you're you're often mentioned in there as well. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your okay can you tell us about what what you have coming up um you can find me on all social media uh my at name is cmat baby um 
I, yeah, what do I have coming up? I have, I'm playing Latitude in the UK on the 24th of July. I'm playing um, Wilderness soon. Festival in August. Yeah. Um, I'm supporting Declan McKenna on tour for pretty much most of September. That's all around the UK. I think all those shows are sold. I think everything I've mentioned is sold out though. And then I have lots of live shows, but they're all sold out. So that's a good complaint to have. (laughs) (laughs) Well, see, Matt, thank you so, so much for coming and chatting to us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Lovely chat. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.